Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. High stress, poor running is our topic today. So we're going to review the impact of stress on your running performance and talk about food and lifestyle changes to alleviate stress load. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs, the podcast for female runners of all abilities. Please join Karen Campbell and Aileen Smith, nutritionist friends and runners, who are here to help you translate sports nutritional science into easy to apply tips and plans, helping you enjoy peak running performance. And especially adding in the female factors every woman needs to know to be a healthy runner. The suggestions we make during this episode are for a guidance and advice only, and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Aileen to design a personalized sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Club. everybody um, it's Aileen here and I'm here again with Karen and we're going to be bringing you another episode today so morning Karen how are you morning Aileen yes I'm fine I'm sitting here and I have to say I'm sweating I think we're recording on the the hottest day of the year so far and I just wish I had a fan beside me to keep me cool but anyway I'm sure I'll be fine throughout I've got my water yeah. here to keep me hydrated so yeah, good, good. Yeah, we were we were talking a lot about hydration yesterday, weren't we, in yeah. our um, Facebook group? So uh, yeah, it's all very uh, topical at the moment. It so is. Karen, um, today we're talking. Um, we're we're going to be talking about stress. Um, but before that, as ever, I'm going to ask you a question, and we usually share um, some information about ourselves. Um, either nutrition or running. So a uh, bit of a personal question today, Karen. Um, mm-hmm. What did you have a, any kind of lifestyle decision that made uh, that you've made to support your running um, over the years? Um, yeah, I think I've probably made a few. The one that sort of stands out for me, I suppose, is um, the the approach to my eating and nutrition. And I think that stemmed from from doing the studies, actually. I learned so much when I was doing the the diploma in um, sports and exercise nutrition. And and that really made me um, sit up and take notice of what I was doing myself uh, because I used to run marathons on empty. And when I look back at that, I don't know how I managed to achieve it, to be honest. So I made huge differences in that area um, to support my running. And I think the other thing I have done sort of over the years is um, to just be more mindful of social events and 
my alcohol intake around my running and my races, especially the endurance runs, so my endurance training runs at the weekends and um, and, and clearly um, races. I, I stop having any alcohol about two weeks before a race and when I'm in training, um, certainly several days, um, I will go without any alcohol at all and really good hydration leading up to that weekend run. So those are, would be the key sort of um, lifestyle decisions I've made to support my running. How about you, Aileen? Yeah, well, a bit a bit like yourself, I suppose, when I started running, um, I didn't know anything really about nutrition. I knew about healthy eating, but I, I wasn't uh, a trained nutritionist at that time. So I've learned as I've gone along um, and, you know, you know, obviously my friendship and, and working relationship with you has made a big difference too, Karen, with regards to how I how I eat around my training and, and racing. Um, but, what, you know, I was thinking about, um, you know, when I started racing, I think that was a lifestyle decision, actually, when I, when I first started running, because I'd, I'd never um, run um, before about 10 or 12 years ago. Um, I don't think even as a child I was particularly keen on running. You know, I, I just wasn't very sporty. Um, but I'd, um, you know, I'd been improving my, my food and exercise for a, a number of years. And I'd been working with a PT for about a year and it was all indoor stuff. And then one morning when I arrived at the gym, um, he said to me, uh, we're going out for a run this morning. And um, if you're listening, Dave Crandon, that was you. And my reaction, I was absolutely horrified. I remember it was about seven o'clock in the morning and I was horrified. And I said, but people will see me. And it wasn't somebody for take no for an answer. So we, we went out and that was the start of my running. And wow. um, and so, yeah, it all really started from him pushing me over the line, really. Mm. I, I don't think I'd have ever dared do it otherwise. Um, and that then led me to a few months later, I went on a, a healthy holiday. And while I was there, the, the trainers at this, this, um, holiday venue, they, they were doing running every morning and they were encouraging us to join in. And by the end of the week, I'd actually run 5k without stopping. And, um, that was just a major revelation for me. And I was so pleased with myself and, um, and so when I told Dave, when I got back to the gym, that that's what I'd done, and this was sort of like in the run up to Christmas, he said to me, uh, right, I think you, you need a new goal. And I'm thinking the Great North Run. And, and that was that, you know, that was my goal for the next year. And so I did my first half marathon in 2009. And, you know, I've never really looked back. It was a major, major achievement for me. And I still think of it as a major achievement every year, to be honest, I, I think you know, the more you can run and the longer you can run into older age, um, it, it's really, really health supporting. So, yeah, I mean, it, I think starting to run was a lifestyle style decision for me mm. as much as anything that I've done since. Mm. So, well, yeah. all, all I can say, Aileen, is well done you and well done, Dave, for giving you that yeah. push and look what you've yeah. achieved since. Yes, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Dave. Where, wherever you are, I don't work with him now. He's moved on and done different things, but you never know. He might hear about me one day and think, good for Aileen. <laughs> okay, so let's get started, Karen. Um, so today our topic is high stress, poor running. And, um, you know, both of us as nutritional therapists, we, we follow a functional medicine approach uh, to the care of our clients. And that's a, a center 
a client-centered sort of holistic approach to health. And we, we're looking at everything, um, you know, that goes on with an individual from their physical and psychological and emotional well-being. And we're also looking at their, their food plans and their lifestyle and how that all interconnects to um, create somebody's health status. And then we look at how we can intervene and support them in making changes to improve their health. Um, and one of the big factors in um, this is considering people's levels of stress and the physiological, psychological and emotional impact on a runner's performance, um, particularly. And um, so today we're going to focus on the definition of stress and how the body reacts to it. We're also going to look at the impact of stress on running performance and then finally, we'll be uh, giving you some tips on relieving stress to support running performance. So that's what we're going to cover today. So, Karen, um, thinking about stress, um, how would you define it? Yeah, that's a really good question, Eileen, because I think it is a word that's so commonly used these days, but is it actually used correctly? So, and there are various definitions, but the Oxford Dictionary divides it into two parts. So it speaks about mental stress as being pressure or worry caused by the problems in somebody's life. And then physical stress as being physical pressure put on something that can damage it or make it, make it lose its shape. So that's the Oxford definition. And then when I was doing my research, I was looking um, at some um, studies by the American College of Sports Medicine, and they were defining stress as the disruption of the body's homeostasis or a state of disharmony in response to a real or perceived threat or challenge. And I think that in, in, in various different wordings, I think that is a widely accepted sort of definition of stress. Mm, yeah, and I think um, picking up on the, you know, it can be a real threat or a perceived threat. So mm. it's, it's sometimes just what we're thinking about that can be the stress. Um, so let's just, um, you know, explain a little bit about the, the physiological changes that occur. And I think these are things that people probably um, identify with because we, you know, when we feel stress, sometimes we have these physical stressors. So um, you know, it can be when you encounter a stressor and your body is preparing to respond. So it, it, what happens is the nervous system and the endocrine system, which is the hormonal system, respond by producing various hormones. And, and that includes cortisol, which is probably the hormone that most people heard about. Um, and the result is that there's a cascade of reactions um, that, you know, are triggered by this response. And that's what makes up the, the stress response. And you'll probably heard of the fight off or flight response. Um, and that when that happens, you, you might get a racing heart rate, um, your blood pressure could increase. Um, we're actually uh, given a surge of energy. I don't know whether anybody can identify with that feeling, that surge of energy when you, something stressful is about to happen and suddenly you're able to deal with it. And that's all because of this stress cascade. It's helping you um, prepare to deal with that that stress. 
Um, but also what happens is that there is a suppression of the immune uh, function at that time and, and other bodily functions as well, because the body is really prioritizing stress over anything else. So it's giving you everything you need to deal with the stress. And while that's happening, it's saying, stand down other areas because we, we're not going to be looking at those areas at the moment. You know, that's, that's sort of a simplistic uh, way of looking at it. Um, so if, if the stress is perceived as negative and more of a threat than as a challenge, the cortisol production may also be increased higher. Um, cortisol is also involved in energy production. And as we probably you know talked about in the past, it also suppresses the immune function. So, you know, there's a lot going on when we have these stress responses yeah, what would you, what would you uh, add to that, Karen? Yeah, absolutely, Alien. What I would add here is that, you know, individuals tend to respond differently to stress and the stress response experience will vary depending on the level of perceived control that a person has over that stressor. Um, I often use the phrase, don't make a molehill out of someone else's mountain because what may be seen as simple or trivial to one person could invoke anxiety or stress in other people. So really important to acknowledge that everybody is going to react differently. And, and sort of looking at that unremitting long-term chronic stress uh, um, during those times, there tends to be a more negative reaction and with greater production of cortisol. And that's what can have the damaging health effects. And again, linking back to that suppression of the immune system and that ongoing disruption to the, the, that hormone balance, because as we stress a lot, the body needs to be in balance in so many ways and hormone balance is very key um, to enable the body to um, react appropriately to the various stressors in our lives. Mm, thanks, Karen. And I think it's important to acknowledge that all stress isn't, isn't bad. Um, you know, we do need um, some stress every day. Um, so, you know, that's it can't be completely eliminated. And, uh, you know, a level of stress is almost good to keep us safe, um, too. So stress can become a problem, um, particularly when it becomes either if you've had something that's related to an acute episode of stress. So that might be, you know, a, a serious accident or maybe, um, you know, a threat to somebody in the family, something like that going on that's really, um, frightening and, and you have to react very quickly to it. It could be shocking. And then the other type of stress is the chronic stress. And chronic stress is something that I see a lot with uh, with my clients. So and I think it's typical in, in the way that we live um live and work these days. So we're in a sort of a state of high alert all the time, dealing with whatever is going on. You know, we're working twenty four seven um, we, you know, as runners, we might be working hard and, and running hard too. And all of this layers on chronic stress. And that chronic stress means that our stress response is high at all times. And that can have a negative effect on, you know, how we're behaving, what our relationships are. And then obviously it has a, an effect on our health too. Um, so one of the terms that people might um, read about is a term called eustress. And that's where um, we're referring to positive stress that's associated with improved performance and productivity. So that might be, you know, if we think of an example, that might be, um, the 
the stress and the little flutters of anxiety you might feel before you're going to do a race. You know, that feeling in the tummy where it's like you're excited, but a little bit stressed, but that actually might make you, you know, start the race in a good form. Um, and if you're thinking about it in relation to work, it might be that you've got an important meeting or you're about to do a presentation and it just helps you geared up, gear up to do whatever it is, is you need to do. Um, but then when we think about distress, that's a negative stress and that's associated with reduced performance and negative health consequences. So that's, I feel a bit more related to the chronic stress. So it's just like we've got so much stress um, that we just can't perform in the best possible way. And I suppose as a runner, that might be where we're overtraining and then it starts having a negative effect. Um so now that we've uh, looked at the physical responses to stressors, Karen, um, would you be able to tell us about some of the symptoms that people might notice from the negative effects of chronic stress? Yeah, sure, Aileen. And the symptoms of stress are vast, as we know, and affect and can affect people physically, psychologically, emotionally, and also behaviourally. So really important for people to be aware of that, that it can affect an individual in so many different ways. And symptoms will vary from person to person. So um, what I will do here is list some of the key ones that people and certainly my clients tend to present with. And it will, it will be interesting to see if many of our listeners can associate with, with some of these as well. So um, key ones I'm thinking about linked to symptoms, linked to stress is sort of the overeating or the undereating. For some people, they, they, they eat the stress. And then for other people, it's almost like the, the throat closes up and they just can't get the food across. So really a dichotomy there one way or the other. And it can also lead to um, real muscle tension and pain and and linked to that sort of recurring injury, recurring illness, either linked to the training or outside of training as well, that sort of injury and illness um, can manifest itself. But also thinking about um, motivation, sort of losing your mojo. Now, again, that could be losing your mojo for running, but it could be losing your mojo for other aspects of your life too. Maybe you used to be a social, a social bunny and now you just want to be at home. So, um, lots of different areas where that motivation could be depleted. Um, and, and again, that feeds into sort of decreased performance, like you were speaking about earlier, Aileen, and that could be work related, relationship related, as well as potentially running. Um, and that low energy and fatigue linked to hormone imbalance, immune dysfunction, all these different aspects that are not in balance anymore can, can result in this low energy and fatigue. How about you, Aileen? What, what does your client group tend to present with when when they're under significant stress, and I know that you tend to work with clients who who present with this a lot. Yeah, I do. I, I see it a lot, and I, I work with a lot of people who are maybe business owners, and so they they have quite a high stress load. Um, and I, I, I think it's fair to say that most people aren't always consciously aware that stress could be causing their symptoms. So I. I often refer it to as superwoman, superman syndrome. So they're like out there <laughs> taking on the world every day and not actually showing any signs of stress, 
Um, you know, because they're, because they're superwoman, superman, you know, they can just do everything and they tend to be the kind of people with it. We all say, wow, how can they do that? And, and I, I used to be a bit like that myself. And so I, I really recognize it. But what is going on with them are what I would call the silent effects of stress. Um, so either they're not visible or they're not noticeable to them particularly. Um, or they haven't made the connection uh, that, you know, that they've got some niggly symptoms, but they don't realize they're connected to stress. So the kind of things that I'm thinking about are, um, you know, it could be irritability. It could be sleep issues. Maybe they're having um, headaches or maybe they've got digestive issues because, you know, we talked about the immune system slowing down. The digestive system also will slow down. Um you know, when you're under stress, it could be that they've got hormonal issues. So it could be related to sex hormones, like, so maybe it's fertility issues or disrupted menstrual cycle, that type of thing. Um, it could be that there's weight gain. Maybe they've always been a healthy weight and all of a sudden they're noticing the weight gain is changing. Um, and then, you know, if, if it's not a silent sort of um, those kind of underlying things, it might be things like they're beginning to notice that there is a feeling of overwhelm or um, anxiety. And again, that might be something that they're noticing and it worries them because they've never felt like that before. And again, to the outside world, they're, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Super and, and they're doing everything fantastically well. And that in itself can be a burden. Um so, so I think the main message here is to think that, that or consider that stress is a tr often a trigger to other health conditions. And, and another aspect is that often it's holding someone in a place where they're unable to recover from a health condition or support a health condition. Or sometimes it's that they're so stressed they can't make the changes that I'm asking them to make. Uh, so it can be like almost a practical barrier to, um, overcoming and, and helping them support uh, whatever health condition they're working with so yeah there's a, a lot going on and it's like quite a complex thing isn't it it certainly is yes absolutely and like we were saying it just it impacts on on everybody differently mm, yeah so I think it's fair to say we all live with a, a certain amount of stress in our daily lives and our responsibilities uh, sometimes we don't recognize that we're in a stress stress state uh, but it's really important to tune into the signs and symptoms that we've mentioned and question, is that leading us to poor health or uh, poor performance, either at work or in our running or um, poor recovery or these injuries that we've been talking about? Okay, so, so yeah, next things we need to think about, Karen, in a bit more detail is the impact of stress on running performance. Um so we've looked at how stress can manifest itself, um, but could we have a discussion around the the effects on running performance? Um, and, you know, we know that it has this pr profound effect on the immune system and the hormone balance. So in that, with that in mind, Karen, um, what would you say the key impacts are on running performance? Well, I think front of mind for me would be recovery from training, Aileen. And, um, you know, recovery is split into, into two. Um, there's immediate recovery. So that's within one hour and long term recovery, which is over several days. Now, this is known as the bimodal recovery response to give it its scientific name. And, um, research suggests 
that psychological stress, whether perceived or a real life event, may modulate, so may change both the short term and the long term um, physiological recovery. So they're principally looking at soreness, um, but also energy and fatigue. And so that recovery response is thought to be much slower. And linked to that, so to that elongated experience of soreness due to slow recovery linked to that stress, it's also been observed that um, stress can slow the healing process by up to 60%. So any sort of tear to muscle, um, pulling of muscles, any sort of injury at all, that healing process is, is going to slow up to 60%, which is quite a phenomenal number, I think. And, and again, this is thought to be as a result of the immunosuppressive effects of cortisol that we were speaking about earlier, Aileen. And, uh, you know, the, a lot of the research tends to, um, to look at that recovery. That seems to be the key area. But some other observations from studies include, um, sort of poor training response. So that poor, poor adaptation, um, to training. And again, that's linked to an imbalance, an imbalance between the, the overall stress, physical and psychological, and the recovery from training. So linking it back to recovery again. And, and also men, uh, mental fatigue is thought to impair physical and performance itself. And, and stress could uh, reduce running economy. So running, running economy, it really is a measure of how efficient a person is as a runner. So stress can reduce that, that efficiency. So yeah, clear. so we can, yeah, we can see how it all links into, you know, if you're out on the road and you're not doing your best or you're feeling really tired after a run, how the stress is underpinning that. Mm. Um, so the, the other thing that is, um, I'd like to just add here, Karen, is, you know, we talked about this immunosuppressive effect and, um, we know that stress is, well known for increasing the risk of running injuries. And um, I just wanted to highlight that we've got an episode uh, called Nutrition for Running Injury. It's episode 17. And so this would be a really complimentary episode to listen to, um, which might help uh, people think about how nutrition could help prevent energy. And it's also obviously going to support um, stress load as well. Um, okay, so just to round up, um, Karen, um, so we, we, we're saying that endurance running as an activity in itself places stress on us, um, so that we've always got to be bearing that in mind. Um, but you also need to consider what your stress load is, looking at both your running and your lifestyle and responsibilities and thinking about if you combine both of those areas um, and you've got a high stress load, that can impair your recovery in the short term and the long term and may also lead to increased risk of energy. Um, and also, I think just always remember that stress is an energy drain. And, you know, as runners, we all want to start our training feeling energetic. Ideally, we'd like to feel energetic all the way through. Um, and so, you know, if, if we're not, then just think, is it stress that's that's causing that energy drain? Okay, so before we go on to our final section, we're just going to pause uh, for a moment uh, for a short advert, advert break.
Um, so as you know, um, we, the podcast is um, supported by Runners Health Hub, and that's where Karen and I offer a range of services to help you be a fitter, faster, stronger runner. And within um, our website, we have an area called the Runners Nutrition Zone, and that's where we host our online program. Um, we designed that program to, to help you as a runner put easy nutrition into practice. Um, we've got a range of short videos, they're usually about 15 minutes long, um, and they take you step by step through um, nutrition basics and the foundations of sports nutrition. Um, and if you do them step by step, you can get everything in place that you need to have. Um, we've got recipes, we've got downloads, and um, we also have um, you know, you'd be invited to live sessions, live training sessions so that we can answer your questions and help you put easy nutrition into practice. So if that's of interest to you and uh, you'd like to dig a little bit deeper and uh, put some things into practice, uh, have a look at our website, which is runnershealthhub.com. That's hub.com. Um, check out uh, what we've got on offer there um, or drop us an email or private messages um, through Facebook and we'd be happy to uh, have a chat with you and see if we can help you further. Great, thanks Aileen. So now what we'll do is move on to discussing some of the tips to help release stress so that everybody can go out and enjoy the running again. So I think the first thing to say here is that there are some stresses that are outside of our control. Therefore, it's really about acknowledging the ones that we can control and addressing them. And then by minimizing, minimizing and eliminating the controllable stress, it will help us manage the uncontrollable stress. So the stress that's outside of our control, it will help us manage that and then hopefully reduce the risks to our running performance. Cause that's at the end of it, we're, what we're aiming for. So, Aileen, we're always discussing the effects of diet and how what we eat can potentially add to that stress burden. Um, would you like to say a little bit about which foods may be a stressor to the body and how we could adapt this to reduce the impact? Yeah, sure, Karen. So, yeah, let's just run through the, the sort of main ones. So, um Coffee or caffeine is a known stimulant um, and uh, that will activate the stress response. So, you know, if you're somebody who is having, you know, more than a couple of coffees a day, that could be stimulating the stress and spiking those sort of stress uh, hormones and increasing cortisol levels. Um, stress is also known to... Um, deplete magnesium and B vitamins and vitamin C and, um, and caffeine will also be depleted, uh, will also contribute to that depletion. So if we think about, um, magnesium, you know, we all know that, uh, magnesium is a, as a potent muscle relaxing nutrient and it's also key in energy production. So it's definitely one to be thinking about in these times of, uh, stress. Um, and I always think of nutrients as you've got a pool of nutrients. And if you've got a high demand on this pool of nutrients, that's when you might become depleted. So it's really important to think about how you're replenishing these nutrients all the time. So if you um, add in um, dark green leafy vegetables, so things like, you know, the spinaches and the salad leaves and um 
you know, some of the brassica vegetables are all very high in magnesium. Uh, eating nuts and seeds, that'll, that'll help replete the magnesium levels. Uh, and then I also mentioned the B vitamins and vitamin C. So they're also depleted by stress and you might have a higher requirement for those nutrients. So B vitamins are very important for energy production. Vitamin C is a really important antioxidant. Um, so having a, a, you know, a well balanced food plan will really help. And, you know, if you were working with a, a nutritionist, they might um, advise you to, um, take supplements if you were going through a particularly stressful period to help you. Um, the other biggie for me is thinking about um, making sure that you aren't eating too many refined carbohydrates or high sugar foods and processed foods because um, they'll they'll add to the stress load. Um, so this is when Karen was saying earlier about food potentially being a stressor. And, you know, when we are stressed, we do tend to want to eat those types of food. And that's really a, a biochemical response. You know, we, we're, we're wanting these foods because our body's saying we want quick energy. But that quick energy um, then puts us on a blood sugar roller coaster, which I'm sure we've, we've talked about lots of times with everybody. Um, so if you, if you're interested in hearing a little bit more about that, um, episode 18 has, we talk a lot about, um, the cortisol connection and the stress response there and how it affects your blood sugar balance. Um, so if you, um, if you're listening to episode 18, it's, it's where we're talking about intermittent fasting, um, which we, what we raise in that episode is that fasting can also be a stressor if it's not done in a, in a managed, controlled way. Um, and then, um, you know, so those are the, the sort of negative things that people might want to think about regarding, um, st stress and how food is affecting their stress. Uh, but you can uh, flip that the other way. And if you have a, a food plan that's rich in whole foods and you've got lots of fruit and vegetables, um, that's going to really help reduce the effects of stress because you're going to be adding to the nutrient pool. Um, you're going to have good antioxidants and your food will have anti-inflammatory properties and that's going to help support the immune system. Um, also thinking about adding in essential fatty acids. So the omega-3 fatty acids particularly, so oily fish, nuts and seeds would be good for that. Um, and they're going to help support, you know, the immune system too. So that would be my take. It's like whole foods and manage your blood sugar balance will really, really help. Um, what about Karen? Karen, have you got anything to add to what I've mentioned? Yeah, Celine, we mentioned coffee earlier and that caffeine um, content of it being a stimulant. But uh, alcohol is also a stimulant and it's known to promote that stress response because of its effects on the central nervous system. So, um, you know, it's been found that for some people that long term heavy drinking, although, you know, the definition of heavy drinking wasn't actually determined in, in the reading that I did, is thought to alter the brain's chemistry. And therefore, resetting what is perceived as normal. So, so it causes the, the release of higher, even higher amounts of cortisol. So remember, this is sort of long term heavy drinking. And so it'll, it releases higher amounts of cortisol and other hormones. And it's when this 
hormonal balance has shifted that it impacts the way the body perceives stress and then how it responds to stress. And it is thought that people who are habitual drinkers um, experience start to then um, experience anxiety when they're faced with stressful situations. So maybe before, because people tend to use alcohol as a de-stressor to calm mm. them down. And I think um, in an acute um, state, then potentially one glass of wine or whatever your alcohol in, um, likes are could could maybe do that. But when you're drinking habitually, and um, and it's it's a high amount over a long time. It can actually invoke um, anxiety when faced with stress, rather than supporting de-stressing. So that's just what I would like to add there, Amy. Mm, yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, really useful just to remember. <laughs> you know, yeah. some habitual alcohol intake doesn't necessarily mean a lot. It's just regular, isn't it? So yes, um, yeah. a lot of people do regularly uh, drink alcohol. Um, okay, so we, we've looked at um, briefly at the nutritional angle and um, how that can help alleviate the stress burden. Uh, but as we know, lifestyle factors are really important. Um, so what would you recommend, Karen, that people could uh, look at with regards to their lifestyle factors? Yeah, well, um, a couple, because like we were saying earlier, this is about sort of addressing the the. Um, stress that's within our control and clearly our training is within our control so just thinking about our running training maybe maybe uh, looking at reducing it for a period of time whilst you're going through the stressful period whatever it may be then reducing your training to support um recovery and then you can always sort of increase it as time goes on and maybe introducing rest days from training because some people just don't take rest days they're running every day and for somebody certainly who's who's running long distances this is uh, an increased stress as we said earlier and unremitting stress really if you're not taking any time out so i would really sort of encourage people to think about the training and how they could adapt it to support that de-stressing and um, i think it's really important away from um running is just thinking about me time and just putting some me time in your diary so where you're you're looking at you, you're taking care of you and not thinking about anything else or anybody else. It could be something really simple like a bath, time to read, going for a gentle walk, something like that. And I think learning to say no is um, really impactful because I think it's very easy for uh, an individual to try to um, be helpful to others um, most or all of the time or most of the time. Therefore, their needs are put in the back burner. And quite often their brain could be saying, no, 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 no. But then yes is coming out um, of their mouths. And, and it's just something else that they're taking on board when their capacity bucket is already about to overflow. So learning to say no in a nice way could be really helpful. And maybe thinking about introducing yoga or Pilates as a restorative approach 
to stress and that could be linked into the me time as well and and other simple things like deep breathing meditation there are lots of apps out there now to to support this so um so those are some some simple but potentially impactful um, approaches that people could think about to support de-stressing. Um, uh, how about you, Ailey? Do you have any great ideas for um, relieving stress? Yeah, well, all of the things you said there, Karen, I mean, they're, they're all great. And I think people, um, you know, need to just do what they try some of them and you don't have to we all say you don't have to do everything you know it's finding what your recipe is for uh, relieving stress and and it doesn't have to be big moments you know so I, sometimes I'll say to people just you know when you arrive at you know maybe you're in a reception area about to go into a meeting you don't have to sit and look at your phone you could just sit and take a few deep breaths and that again you know just taking you know a minute here and there throughout the day can really help you and I I think what you said there about saying no is so important and setting boundaries for yourself I really believe it's important to set your boundaries on everything and they will fray from time to time but it's like acknowledging when things you're starting to to do things that you agreed with yourself you weren't going to it's just saying okay well I moved out of the boundary but I'm moving back in next week or tomorrow or whatever um so I I think just to add to what you were saying Karen um it's probably being kind to yourself time um and things that you could do in your be kind to yourself time would be um, you know, having nice relaxing baths using magnesium salts um, is again a nice way of just um, you know helping to contribute to your magnesium status. Um, and they're also very relaxing, and you know it'll help you wind down ready for sleep. Um, using magnesium rubs and sprays is another way um, that that may help. Um, also thinking about limiting your exposure to um, electronics and also social media you know I've just mentioned there about the phone how we you know we all get we're attached to our phones all the time but it's really to have a a digital detox um you know for part of the day I think is really important um and just I mean even you know now we when we're out running we've got texts and things coming through and, and sometimes you just need to disable these types of things so that you can have time to yourself um and then um, bedtime, you know, create a tranquil time when it's time to go to bed. Prepare for sleep. Make sure your bedroom's conducive to sleep. Um, again, no electronics in the room. Make sure there's lots of nice fresh air circulating, and and that it's a really truly restorative time. So, so yeah, there's lots of fantastic ideas there. Um, and I know the trouble is that when you're in a highly stressed state, you don't want to hear somebody telling you about these things because you're just thinking, well, that's just something else I've got to do. Um, but they really do help. And, um, you know, just uh, just uh, relax into it. You might enjoy it. Um, OK, so let's uh, let's just round up here before Karen uh, gives us our key takeaways for today. So the, the main thing to remember is eating a nutrient dense food plan and balancing your blood sugar are really the keys to promoting both energy and balancing stress hormones. Um, do take the opportunity every day to de-stress and do something restorative uh, that's going to support you. Um, and also consider whether your running is adding an unduly high stress load to you. So think about can you modify 
your running plan or can you modify with what's going on in your life in general to try to get your stress load into a manageable situation. Um, and it's, re- it's really, really crucial this, you know, when I'm trying to um, convince my clients that it's time to make a change, you know, I, I really don't want them to head for a burnout situation. So, you know, you, it's within your grasp to manage stress so that um, you don't get, you know, a really bad health situation or you suddenly can't run because you're so tired. Um, so it's a serious note to end, end on Karen. So can you um, lift the mood a little bit and tell us what your key takeaways are for this episode? Yes, absolutely, Aileen. Um, and I think the key ones um, to take away from today um, are uh, an appropriate amount of st- just to remember that an appropriate amount of stress is supportive to health. It is what gets us up in the morning. It's what stimulates us, but it needs to be appropriate. Um, and it's it's more the chronic unremitting stress that can be detrimental to health and affect our running performance. And remember that stress can affect us physically, psychologically, behaviorally and emotionally. So bear that in mind. And if you're finding that you're struggling with your recovery from training, consider the stresses in your life and try and address them. Remember that there are some stresses that are outside our control. So address the ones within your control. And here we're thinking about diet, stimulants and also training load. Take time for you. Enjoy a bath a walk, reading, yoga, whatever makes you feel good and learn to say no. I can't stress that enough. And finally, it's really important for you to take care of yourself in order to be able to look after others. So make you the priority. Wise words. Very wise words, Karen. Make you the priority. I like that. Um, So thanks for sharing your ideas, Karen. And I think that will really help everybody on how to manage um, our stress load and support our running performance. Um, So just our final um, passing um, parting message is just remember, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. Well, this brings us to the end of another episode of She Runs, Eats, Performs, brought to you by Runners Health Hub, helping female runners to be fitter, faster and stronger. We really hope you've enjoyed listening and you'll join us again soon. In the meantime, we'd be so grateful if you check us out on iTunes and leave a review. And once again, thanks for listening and do let us know if there are any topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Bye for now. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device, and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. 
Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Active Wear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at AmazingJane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases.